Moncrief on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Good afternoon, Sean. Right. Uh, first question is this. My six-year-old is a very friendly boy who loves playing with his friends and his two younger siblings, but has a habit of getting too close to them and really in their faces when he plays. We were at a family get-together recently and he was so close at times to his cousins who he was playing with that they were touching noses and they kept telling him to get away. He was upset when we went home as he didn't understand. I explained people like a bit of physical space. I thought he understood, but at a play date last week, he was at it again again right in front of his friends' faces. His younger siblings don't seem to mind, but is it odd that he isn't spatially aware at all? Oh, it's not odd, but you know, it brings to mind, I was watching um, a cartoon recently with my my child and there was a character in it who did this and they called him a space invader. You're a Mm. space invader. And I thought it was such a good description because when we talk to children about things like people like a bit of physical space and they'll go, oh yes, and nod along. But it's very absolutely because what does physical space mean? mean and what it yeah. means to me, Sean, could be very different to what it means to you, for example. So I think using language that's very clear and, you know, having also had some of this uh, with a child who is a liberal hugger, okay, will hug anyone <laughs> and everyone that she, she can. A book I found really useful about instilling an understanding of boundaries. So not just me talking about it, but seeing that it can be integrated and really understood in those moments when they might be tempted to cross the boundary is a book by uh, Janine. I think it's pronounced Janine um, Sanders. It's called Let's Talk About Body Boundaries, Consent and Respect. So it covers kind of a broad spectrum of the discussion. But the piece about body boundaries is really useful And it gives you a really nice language around, oops, you've crossed the body boundary or before you get. And I always use arm's length as as the example with kids. If you are this far away from somebody, it's comfortable. But if it's less than your arm, you have to ask, am I crossing your body boundary and step back? And then I would suggest you play it out with them, you know, so let's practice. Let's do it. Let's think about it together. Oh, that's my body boundary crossed. Step back. Great work. And you praise the effort over outcome. There's lots of ways you can do it in that way, as I've just said, role play it. Another way I do it um, and within my own clinical work with kids who maybe are struggling with boundaries is with balloon body walk. So I take a balloon, a decent sized one, you know, and blow it up to its max capacity and I put it between our bodies. So maybe tummy to tummy. And we take it for a walk around the room with no hands. Okay, (laughs) and I'm going to structure that by saying, let's take four steps to the window, three steps to the door. Let's turn around in a circle. And you get paid for this, right? I mean, mean, entire degrees in this. Um, So and it's a great way because if you get too close with the balloon between you, it will pop. If you don't, if you're not close enough, because you can also have the kids who are too distant away, it'll drop. And it's about close enough is good enough Mm. and you're playing it. So you can do tummy to tummy, you can do stretch out your arms and keep it that way. But by playing with it, he's going to integrate it much quicker and deeper than you saying, watch the physical space. Yeah, That just doesn't mean anything to a six-year-old. And I think also model what are good body boundaries with and for him yourself. You know, thank you for not getting too close or saying to him, that's a little bit too close. Can you step back so that you're reminding him so that when he's with others, he can actually recall that and go, oops, maybe it's too close. Mm. 
Is this a common thing? This, so this common. Extra, is it really? Oh, it's yeah. so common. Yeah. Because also when they're in play and they're enjoying being with other kids, they're so in it that they just want to be all up in the space and yeah. like, I want to yeah. absorb all. I'm having such a good time with you. Yeah. I want to absorb every bit of you and every bit of this experience. So it's actually really common. Okay. Yeah. Uh, right. My... Al- <laughs> <laughs> this is also very common. My 11-year-old claims he's the only boy in the class who doesn't have a mobile phone. And from a straw poll of other parents in the WhatsApp group, he's probably one of the few. However, I'm really reluctant to give him one. I'm so afraid that he'll be sent porn, he'll see things on YouTube that he's not ready for, and he could be targeted either by other kids or worse. I don't feel confident in knowing the parental controls because from what I hear, the kids are all 10 steps ahead of the parents. Anyway, any advice on how how I should manage this. I mean, yes. First of all, pester power. I'm the only one. Mm. Everybody else has one is peaking right now. This is the season yeah. for pester power to come <laughs> yes. into its own. And it's called pester power because it's effective. It's powerful um, because it works. You know, they mm. pester and pester. And we go, oh, OK, maybe he is the only one. So what? So what if he's one of the few? I would say row back on this. And this is where we've talked before about parental red line issues. Like, where is the line for you? You're clearly saying, I'm not comfortable with this. That's your answer. Mm. And he might not be pleased with you. He might be frustrated with you. He may not agree with you for your decision, but it is your decision. This is, again, about, we just talked about boundaries, but about parental boundaries and saying, that's not going to happen in our family. We're not judging anyone else because all kids are different. And when you know, well, my child at 11 is ready for it, that's fine. But not all children are. And it's not just about children being ready, Sean, because I think at this time of year, it's a good reminder that before we hand our children an independent digital device that they will be the owner of, you know, that it's their device, both parent and child need to be ready. And if the parent is saying, I don't feel ready, Neither of you are ready Mm. because we don't just hand our kids devices and say, off you go, you're ready. I'm not, but good luck to you because they rely on us to regulate them with it, to put structures in place, to support them when, not if things do cross a line, cross a boundary with all of the things you've clearly identified there. He likely will be exposed to some, if not all of that. And you need to be on hand to help him to understand, to put the boundary in place, to make sure that there are some rules and guidelines around it. So if you're not ready for that, then he's not ready for a phone. Those two things go hand in hand. Um, I do think it's about, you know, when they're ready for safe, appropriate engagement. So if you're thinking, oh, I'm not really up on all the technology, get up on it. You know, now is yeah. the time to start doing the research. I also think a resource like cybersafekids.ie is fantastic in this. I know Jess Kelly in this station has spoken extensively um, around what parents need to be aware of with devices for their children. So there are resources out there for parents to use. And I would say do use them, you know, because 11 is still young yeah, to have yeah. your own phone. I know and I know everyone will be messaging me about this and saying, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but. I know the average age for children to have a smartphone is younger than that in Ireland. I'm aware of it. But it doesn't mean just because it's the average that we shouldn't be able to say 11 is still really young. Mm. So if you feel your 11-year-old is not ready or you as the parent are not ready, you've got to shelve this for a bit. Yeah. Because you, yeah, you can't put on parental controls and that kind of stuff, but I suppose... I mean, you can, but you'd want to really understand that software too, wouldn't you? I mean, there's some really good stuff out there around that, but you still want to do it. And with all of the parental controls out there, you can't, 
you know, ensure you can still switch them off. Exactly. Yeah. And also they'll see something else somewhere else or be sent something from somebody who is in their trusted contacts. So we can't once they have a digital device and there are lots of positives to technology. I really don't want to ever sound like I'm saying no, no, no all the time. But once you hand them a device like that, you they are exposed to a whole world of influence beyond and outside of us. Yeah. So we yeah. all need to be ready for that. Though I suppose even in a proxy sense, he's probably seen it over people's shoulders or it's being discussed anyway. Absolutely. Uh-huh. But there's a difference, isn't there, between snippets oh, yeah. of it. And, yeah. and I think, you know, when you're aware if most of his peers do have these devices or maybe are acquiring them around this time of year, then maybe it is time to have him sit with you using a little bit of your device so that you can see what level of proficiency does he have? What effect does it have on him? And you're gradually exposing him to the technology before you've no idea what effect it will have. But here's one to keep in your pocket. Yeah, yeah. Uh, good point. It's, it's so ironic. We, yeah, we're still calling them phones. And the last thing he'd ever want to do was talk to his mother on, on said mean, phone uh, if he got the it. The phone you know? aspect of it will probably not be used. It'll be everything else. So really yeah. think of them as digital devices in your yeah. pockets. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know if I should address directly this, I, if I should address this directly with my sister, but I've noticed my niece is really gaining weight. She's eight years old and I'm mad about her, but it's become very noticeable that she, at a fairly early uh, has a fairly large belly thick arms and struggles to keep up with her cousins when they're out playing we holiday together this summer so I saw firsthand how much she's eating uh, and I could say uh, and I could see this she was uncomfortable in her swimsuit but when I gently asked my sister about it she said it's just puppy fat and she'll grow out of it she added a little remark that because I'm not a mother I wouldn't know about these things my concern is that my niece never had any weight as a younger child this is all piled on in the last six or eight months. I worry my niece is uh, is comfort eating. Is that even possible at her age? Do I need to keep my mouth shut, even if I think my sister is ignoring a growing problem? Oh, so much in here. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so what I would say to you is she's still a young child. Okay, it's not when she was younger, she never had a problem. She's eight and she is coming into that middle childhood stage of development when there are, you know, psychological, emotional, social developments and also physical, hormonal developments in children. So bodies change over the course of growing up. They change Mm. shape, size, and there's lots of aspects to that. So we do not ever assume, oh, this is a problem and we psychopathologize body shape, body weight. What you're doing here is you are, you've noticed something, you've knit a narrative really quickly for yourself. This is what it is. This is what it means. You've gone to your sister, you've shared your observation and she shut you down. Mm. And you need to hear that. We're talking about boundaries a lot today. You need (laughs) to hear that as a boundary because she is letting you know that you have overstepped. And that she is the parent in charge and leave the parenting to her. Because as an aunt, while this is extremely well motivated and it's very clear you care deeply about this child and you're very important in this child's life, there will be aspects of children's lives that a parent is privy to, that you as an aunt, albeit a very involved aunt, are not privy to. Mm. And we have to trust that. And Sometimes the best thing we can do as the aunts, as the important adults in the lives of children is be a support 
to the parent-child relationship. That's not to undermine it, not to short-circuit it, to be there and say, is there anything I can do to help? It's different to, mm, do you think she's eating too much? Tone is everything. <laughs> you know, because it can, even when it's not intended as judgment, it can land in that way. So if you feel that is how it's landed and you didn't mean it, it is, you know, I was reflecting on what I said to you. I think I overstepped. I want to acknowledge that and apologize. Yeah. I'm always here if I can help in any way. But rest assured, I'm stepping back from this. I think that's a really important piece in here. And as as her aunt, you know, focus on having fun with her, on enjoying her, because joy is a shared experience. When you can truly authentically enjoy your niece, she then in turn is enjoyed by you and she learns that she's enjoyable. Be interested in what interests her so you teach her she's interesting and she will come up with things to share with you to, you know, elicit that response from mm. you. All of those are great ways to invest in her self-esteem, her confidence, her belief in herself, growing self-efficacy. Look at all I can do. I'm out there. I'm interesting. I'm enjoyable. I'm having a great time. I have people in my life who enjoy me. That is the best investment you can do. And that would be a support for your niece's development as well as your sister as her parent. Um, so the bottom line, you say, you know, should I keep my mouth shut? I mean, I wouldn't quite put it like that, but I'm going to say <laughs> that maybe you should stay out of this. You've said it to your sister. She's pushed back. Don't cross the line because you don't want to be pushed out. Yeah. the Yeah, because, I mean, I suppose that, and I, another thing would be, you know, d does the child, apart from she may have put on a little weight, but does she seem happy? Is she, uh, well, you know. it's, here she is playing and running around. There's a yeah. little reference here that you you feel or you inferred that she seemed uncomfortable in her swimsuit. They're not the most comfortable attire anyway. anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So again, we want to stay curious, not certain. Oh, that must mean she's this or that. We don't know that. So I think, again, just be available to be availed of, but don't intrude. Yeah. Don't cross a line. But she's eight, really. So I don't know if... She's Would an eight-year-old really have that kind of discomfort about their body at that age or can they? It really depends. They can. I mean, yeah. they can, especially because other eight-year-olds and younger and even slightly older can be less than sensitive in what they say. Yeah, and, that's true. You know, yes. we are, you know, lots of children, lots of people are very liberal with their comments on other people's bodies when actually the greatest lesson any of us can learn is do not comment on people's bodies one way or the other. Yeah. Focus on what book are you reading? You're so smart and clever. Focus on I see that you love running with your friends, not and it's hard for you to keep up, but that we focus on what we do see and give her back those positive messages about herself. Because I really think aunts are so important. I, I grew up with really important aunts in my life and that's a really important relationship to have. So protect that relationship. Joanna, thanks a million as ever. Uh, Joanna Fortune there. Moncrief. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Weekdays at 2 p.m. on News Talk.